1: Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports
0: Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Monday, October 15th. I am Dan Bauer, Anshu Khanna, along with me today. Anshu, how's your weekend, buddy?
1: It was good. First foray into Horridale land out in uh, California, and it was it was something, that's for sure. But <laughs> glad to be back in the Midwest, and
0: uh, yeah, it's good,
1: it's good to be home.
0: Yeah, How about well, yours? Doing very well. Uh, it was a very good weekend uh, from a very special somebody visiting, but we'll get into that on a later episode of The Leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> but from the West Coast to the Midwest to the East Coast, Chiefs Patriots today. Uh, big Sunday night game, 43-40, an absolute shootout. The Pats beat the Chiefs. Honestly, what did you see today that's going to translate into when we inevitably see these two meet uh, come playoff time?
1: Uh, oh, Great question. I mean, you know, the fact that it, this game was in New England, it might be a precursor for where they will be down the line. It had that big game feel for sure. Kansas City takes its first loss probably the game of the year. Um, I think we'd all enjoy watching these two teams do battle again. It seems like the Chiefs are uh, certainly the odds-on favorite there in the AFC West, and obviously the Pats getting going here in the AFC East. So, uh, yeah, definitely think it's a precursor. I mean, what you can expect is a lot of scoring. Clearly, 83 points in regulation. It looked like Kansas City was left for dead there early, and they come roaring back. Just an awesome game, Mahomes and Brady. You know, trading. Pot shots, like th- these two guys are awesome, uh, obviously, and maybe the two favorites for MVP here. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I hope we get to see it again because these two these two dudes go for almost nine or what almost seven hundred yards of total offense, uh, or at least of total passing yards. And uh, yeah, the, it's going to be awesome. I, I would fully expect to see it again, and uh, hopefully, well, maybe not hopefully, but we could see it, a passing of the torch somewhere down the line here.
0: Yeah, you mentioned nearly 700 passing yards. Patrick Mahomes goes 23 for 36 for 352, four TDs, two interceptions. Tom Brady with just one touchdown, but goes 24 for 35 uh, for 340s. Really, a also game, rushed one in. Yeah, really, really a game of uh, of skill position players. Gronk really gets uh, you know almost a a first real showing we've seen of just him absolutely balling out. Uh, Goes for 97 yards. Uh, Sonny Michelle, 106 yards as well. On the Chiefs side of the ball, Kareem Hunt goes for 80 yards on 10 carries. Tyree Kill goes 7 receptions for 142. Kareem Hunt, 5 for 105. Uh, Just like like we talked about, just an absolute shootout. Uh, Anything defensively that you think that these guys can do on either side, uh, whether you're the Chiefs or the Patriots, to try to correct what, you know, at least get the game a little bit lesser
1: scoring like I said come playoff time well I mean either of these teams in January you know their cities are it's not going to be a warm weather game It is going to likely include the elements and that might be all that can stop either of these teams especially you know this for as good as the Chiefs offense looks their all their has looked awful all season I mean they hemorrhage yards to everybody including the Broncos who don't look very good I mean they uh, they're a problem i you expect the patriots to sort of get it corrected and i think this game against mahomes will do well for belichick and those guys um and that being said mahomes definitely left some plays out on the field today too especially in the first two quarters so uh you know i would expect just a lot more scoring again as long as it's not the elements. that seems to be the only thing that can slow down these two quarterbacks when these two teams would play each other again in my
0: opinion well, another team who absolutely did not slow down today, the Dallas Cowboys go for a huge win over the Jacksonville Jaguars in what is probably the upset or the most surprising game of the day. Uh, Cowboys forty, Jacksonville seven. Uh, so I'm going to turn this into a little game here. We're going to buzz through a bunch of these games and in a you know just another wild week in NFL of this continued theme of we don't really understand where these teams are coming from. Let's play a little contender-pretender. I'm going to go through oh. a bunch of these games, and we've talked about it all along, but we're just going to go through it. We're going to finally assign uh, a bunch of these guys, contender-pretender. So um, we know the Jaguars are definitely a contender, but how about the Dallas Cowboys? Like I said, 40-7 over Jacksonville today. Contender-pretender for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, well, for the Super Bowl, definitely a pretender. Their receiving core is not good enough. Huge
1: win, obviously, today. Um, really impressive that they could get going against that Jacksonville defense. Um, but you know, being at home, I, I, just think things got out of hand here. And, uh, you had Leonard Fournette back to that mix for Jacksonville. And I think it's a different story, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to say pretender on the Cowboys, even though both teams are three and three. And I would just say this, I'm not sure that Jacksonville's a contender for sure. Like, I mean, they're three and three, they're looking up. I mean, they're tied with a, a Houston team that was 0 and three, you know, they're tied with Tennessee, which has been a complete Jekyll and Hyde act. I'm not 100% sure that that's a contending team right now, especially when you look at the two teams that played tonight on Sunday Night Football we just talked about.
0: Well, let's go right to Tennessee. That was going to be my next one anyway. So the Tennessee Titans lose 21 nothing to their Ravens. I think we all agree Ravens definitely contender uh, for at least the AFC mm-hmm. North, and we'll see after that. Uh, but the Tennessee Titans, another game where they're, like you said, just Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, what is your thoughts, your boy Marcus Mariota, with a uh, – yeah. Done. Well, yeah, absolutely rough game. Ten of fifteen for 117 yards, zero TD, zero receptions, a 7.8 yard average. Not good. Uh, so contender pretender. What do you say? Final final thoughts.
1: I oh man, I I think he needs to get healthy. He is so off and on. Like I mean. This is a team that was 3-1 and one after beating the Eagles at home. Then they lose to the Bills on the road before getting shut out today against the Ravens, like you said. A good team. Now they have to play at the Chargers next week before a bye. The Chargers, who I'm sure we'll talk about here in a sec with your boys. Um, I think they need to get through this bye and then see what they've got. But you know, right now it's hard to think of them as anything close to a contender. So I will lean towards a pretender side. But a
0: lot, lot of ball game left there. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I wouldn't even lean towards Pretender. I would 100% say Pretender. Uh, You, you know, this team is just... You've always been much higher on Mariota than I've ever been. And this team, you you just can't be this inconsistent and and really content. Um, So the next... Kind of clear, obvious. The Rams, Broncos, twenty three, twenty. Rams get a win. Obviously, Rams big contender. Uh, but how about the Broncos? contender? Yeah, they, they fall. Broncos fall the two and four. What do you make of this team?
1: Total pretender. Um, they're definitely not a team I would worry about. When you think of those other two teams in division, they're already a couple games up on Denver. Um, I think this division is going to lap Denver. I think. The Broncos are a team that could be a top 10 pick, possibly top 5 pick in the next year's draft, and they could be looking at the post-Keenum era there for sure here in the next couple months. So um, keep an eye out for them in the top half of the draft. There's no way this team is a contender in my mind.
0: Okay. And the the get to the game that actually gave me the idea for this little mm. uh, segment, as you could call it, Dolphins-Bears. Oh, I love it! Thirty-one twenty-eight. The Dolphins uh, come out with a victory in overtime. Dolphins now four and two. The Bears three and two. And I don't know if anybody in the sports world would agree on both of these on whether they're contenders or pretenders. Um, so, what do you think, you Dolphins Bears contender pretender. Same answer, different answer. Go.
1: Man, it is you're I'm glad that this is how you thought of the segment because they're both super confused. I mean the Bears still hanging on by a thread in the division. They will after this week as well, since the Packers play Monday night and can't jump the Bears with that game, whether they win or lose against the Niners. Um, but you know, I I, I just don't buy this Bears team. That defense is legit, obviously, but we'll see how hurt Cleo Mack is. Um, you know, they just completely choked this game on the road. And I, you and I both, Dan, have been just super questioning of this Miami team. At some point, you just got to, like, tip your cap to what Adam Gase has done. I mean, Brock Osweiler at home against the Bears. this Bears defense coming off a bye. You know, everyone, I mean, this probably killed some survivor pools, which, by the way, if you take a road team and a survivor, shame on you. But it, <laughs> with it being Brock Osweiler, you know, couldn't blame you. Just a crazy game, and look, the, the Dolphins are tied with the Patriots right now in the division. Obviously, they don't have the tiebreaker, but that AFC East doesn't look as much of uh you know a complete pushover like an automatic cinch for the Patriots as you know we would have thought. So, I mean, contender by the definition of the word to me is a team that can win the Super Bowl. Neither of these two teams can do that. So, but I think both of them could make the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, depending on what your definition is, I would say they're both probably title pretenders but they're certainly playoff contenders
0: well uh, a playoff race that is just very very confusing the afc south including the texans 20 to 13 win over the bills so what do you Oof. make of the texans is there any chance they can make the playoffs
1: oh yeah i mean they're tied for the division lead they started 0-3 that should have been it for them they are right there hanging tough 3-3 and 3. i mean i they do not look good to me at all they have definitely they're yet to play their best game but you know they're they're just doing just enough they barely beat nathan peterman today at home um they ultimately get a pick six and overtime to help them get that seal that win but um you know the texans are uh, are interesting they certainly to me seem like a contender and i would even go as far as to say if they get things clicking completely which i just don't see happening but if they do because of their talent it's a possibility they could be kind of a dark horse team to get it going in the last 10 games of the season and make a potentially a dark horse run at the Super Bowl, honestly. I, I doubt it, but it's possible because of their talent.
0: Okay. Well, slight little variation on the game here for Steelers-Bangles, because I think we can all agree both can Oof. It. Uh, But if you had to pick one right now, put every dollar you had in your savings account. Steelers-Bangles, <laughs> who, wins the, who wins the division? Oh, god that's so tough. Uh oh uh,
1: it has to be one of those two. Can't be the Ravens.
0: Correct. Yeah. I'm just going yeah. Steelers Bengals Steelers with a 28-21 win uh and a little preview of what could be the really the game that maybe decides the division.
1: Yeah, it's so huge because going on the road is so big. This means Cincinnati now has to turn around and win at Pittsburgh down the line to even the score, but that tie that the Steelers have with the Browns I think is the difference right now. I mean, it definitely is by the record, so I'll give the slight nod to the Bengals still. I think their offense looks so much better with Bill Lazor. I mean, they're a totally different team, but this Steelers team, of course, doesn't have Le'Veon Bell, so we we don't know exactly what they're going to look like maybe in six or eight weeks, but you know, ben, ben Roethlisberger on the road, generally not very good. He looked pretty good today. I, I still give the slight nod to the Bengals, honestly, but it's it's very, very close. I just think Sissy's looked so good, um, and I don't want to take anything away from them just because they, they kind of didn't get it done here at the
0: end of today's game.
1: Yeah, we'll have to get
0: Josh's opinion here on uh, what they show. But from, <laughs> yeah. from one, from one three-and-two-and-one team to another, the Vikings get a 27-17 win, even with Dalvin Cook out over the Cardinals, so... We'll go right back to it. Uh, contender pretender of the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's hard not to say they're a contender. I, look, they
0: they are not looking
1: super sharp. I would say the best they've looked this season was probably in that loss that they had to the Rams, and you know their defense looked awful in that game. But once Dalvin Cook gets going, once they, you know, once that, de- that really the defense has been odd, and they they had a rookie quarterback at home. They should have destroyed Josh Rosen that they didn't. I think doesn't bode super well for them, but I still can think of them as contenders. I don't know where, where are you at on the Vikings?
0: I, I mean, I was high on them to start the year, and they really just looked terrible mm-hmm. for you know just just on and off. And, and I thought Cousins was going to go in there and fit very nicely. You, you had three different quarterbacks successfully quarterback them last year. You figured Kirk Cousins was capable enough uh, to do it as well. Um, and He's been pretty, all right. Yeah, it's now finally looking good. I mean, he goes twenty four for thirty four today for 233 at one TD, one interception, uh, and starting to maybe find his groove finally, looking a little bit more comfortable. Uh, like I said, even with Alvin Cook out, they get a big win. So I mm-hmm. like Minnesota. I still think we've talked a lot about that division just being a, a toss-up. Uh, so I think they can very much take it. I mean, I absolutely think contender for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: Yeah. and From one uh, rookie quarterback to another, I can't believe I'm actually asking this, but the Jets are 3-3. Three and three. Forty-two, thirty-four win over the Colts. Are they any legitimate contender to make a playoff run? Yeah, they have to be. Three and three right now is leading the AFC
1: uh, South, right? So um, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I think it's going to be hard for a team to go any worse than ten and six when you look at the AFC. When you look at the really all four of the AFC North teams, I, I think that ultimately a nine-six and one team or 10 and 16 win, does make it, but it's going to be, it's going to be a really tight battle. I would put the jets in there though, the way that their defense has looked often. I mean, they turned over Andrew Luck several times today. Their offense just out of nowhere goes 34 last week on Denver, then puts up 42 this week against the Colts. Who's actually, who have actually quietly looked pretty good um, on defense this year, but uh, you know that I—it's still tough for me to imagine them there. But when you're three and three, you, you've got a shot for sure at uh, making a playoff run.
0: Well, there's a very big string of three and three teams. The Seattle mm-hmm. Seahawks, twenty-seven three over the Raiders. I think the Raiders officially dead. They would call that one right now.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Their only win over my lowly Browns now one and five. Ooh. Seattle's a team that we thought, and I had said, hand up, I might have got this one wrong. I said Seattle let it be in sell mode. I said shut it down. Uh, but they're now 3-3, three and three, so we're right back to it. Contender for a playoff spot or no? Uh,
1: th- I think they have to be. I mean, mainly because every game that they win away from Century Link Field is such a tr- like a prize for them, you know. And to go on the road and beat the Cardinals earlier this year, then go against the Raiders in London today and uh, add that to some of their, you know, they barely lose to the Rams last week. Remember, they choked away that game, Had they won that. They're 4-2, and two, one game back of the Rams and with the tiebreaker. So could be very different. Obviously, that's the NFL. You have to close the deal. But I think the, I think the Seahawks are a little bit better than people give them credit for. And even without Earl Thomas, that defense looks pretty strong. Uh, Bradley McDonald has just been awesome for them in the back end. So I wouldn't rule them out at all. And when you look at the NFC, as we've talked about, there are a lot of middling teams right now hovering around that 500 mark. I would absolutely say Seattle's a contender to make the
0: playoffs. Well, let's stick with the NFC then. Carolina and Washington, both now 3-2, 23-17 win for the R-Words. Alex Smith goes for two TDs. And all of a sudden, another team that we all counted out of this from the start, now all of a sudden the Redskins are 3-2. and two. Uh, if you had to choose, who's more likely to make the playoffs, Redskins or Panthers?
1: Wow. Ooh, that's a great question. Well, I mean, by virtue of their head-to-head here. And this could be a tiebreaker down the line in the wild card race, but look – Washington's in a division that they can win and uh, I think Carolina's in a division that is going to be much more difficult for them to pull off with the Saints there and then they still have games against you know a good Atlanta team and really Tampa didn't look bad again with James Winston today either on offense at least so um, you know I would say Washington is is more likely to make the playoffs I I think Carolina is more of a threat to win the conference outright just because you know, they've been there, and they're—they're. They're, I think they're probably a better team. But credit to Washington for coming off the mat after being embarrassed on Monday night against the Saints and uh, winning that game. You know, they were in control of that throughout. And, uh, you know, right now I would say Washington is more likely. But I, I still think the Eagles ultimately get it done there in that division.
0: Our transitions are really on point tonight. You mentioned James Weston. <laughs> Let's go to that one next. So Atlanta 34, uh, Tampa Bay 29, Jameis with a very, very typical Jameis game. Goes thirty for forty-one for three ninety-five four TDs, but also two interceptions. Uh, can't quite get it done. Atlanta, uh, somewhat. I feel like every game we, every week, we talk about Atlanta in a must-win, uh, another must-win game for them. They climb to two and four. Any shot that either of these teams make the playoffs?
1: Uh, no way on Tampa. Their defense is just awful. Like they are just terrible. I, I highly doubt the Falcons can do it too. But when you look at their schedule, look, they're they're two and four, like you said, but they're coming off. They choke that one to the Bengals at home uh, where they lose by one on that late touchdown by A.J. Green. And then, you know, they get just curb stomped by the Steelers on the road. But now they come back. They get at Tampa this week. They have the Giants next week at home. That should be a win. Then they go to the Washington, and then they go to the Browns. So then they have the Cowboys at home. So there's a chance that in four weeks this, this Falcons team could be six and four, like, And so, you know, let's say let's split the difference. Let's say they're five and three. I mean, they're or whatever, five and five. I I think that that's obviously very much still alive. Um, And so I'm not burying the Falcons yet. I think that their defense is just way too porous to get things done. And you saw it today with Jameis Winston hanging up cupcake yards on them. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't believe in them. But I still think that there's an outside shot that they can squeak into the playoffs if they, uh, you know, they get on a little run here.
0: Well, speaking of cupcake yards, uh, the Chargers <laughs> over the Browns, 30-14. Oh, yeah. Browns defense, and we'll go back to this theme of the start of the show, just Jekyll and Hyde. They Ugh. looked atrocious. Uh, couldn't stop Melvin Gordon. Philip Rivers put credit to our secondary, great coverage all the way around, and Philip Rivers was just dropping dimes uh, all day. I mean, there, there really wasn't a lot our secondary can do, uh, and Philip Rivers just – it was a – it was a game that I, I'm blaming my buddy for saying, do you think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback at our tailgate? And I said, absolutely not. Uh, and, oh. just, and then he just <laughs> dropped dimes on us all day. So, sorry, <laughs> Cleveland, that was my fault. It's talking Hand down. about Philip Rivers, and he absolutely demolished us. Uh, but the Chargers now 4-2. and two. Is this finally the year they get over the hump and actually make a deep playoff run?
1: Uh, I definitely think it's possible. I, I do want to
0: say something about this. I think it's possible for the
1: record for the Chargers. I, I think they're in a great spot to make the playoffs. I don't. I think they're just they have the misfortune of playing in the division with the unstoppable force that is Patrick Mahomes right now. But you know they're they're going to be right there, um, and I think they'll ultimately make the playoffs. The so Browns. I mean, look. What I, I look at the stat sheet and I see Philip Rivers eleven of twenty for two hundred yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. That's not. A great rivers game i mean i think the issue is melvin gordon averaging over seven yards they gave up almost seven yards a carry to the browns 36 rushes for 246 yards three touchdowns for gordon i mean that is that's your issue right there what happened to that front for the browns that's been so good that front seven has been awesome for them and then baker mayfield 46 attempts for 238 yards that's just not at all going to get it done some guy named Ratley leads them in yards and receptions, or not receptions, but yards. Certainly today, that's just what 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 happened. Four catches for a combined twenty yards for Landry and Callaway.
0: Yeah, in Baker's defense, there was two balls dropped in the end zone that absolutely should have been caught. Like he should have mm-hmm. had two touchdowns, and this game should have been a whole lot closer. And if you're Baker, you're laying awake at night going, there. "Seriously, how do those balls go through uh, those guys' hands?" I mean it, but it's it's. What happens, I hate to bring up the Josh Gordon trade, but, you know, you have a lot of guys there who can't catch the deep ball. I mean, Callaway did not look great again. It's really starting to scare me of of what this receiving core looks like. Uh, Jarvis is obviously not a deep threat. You need, you absolutely need a deep threat. And if defenses know that Callaway can't catch the football, you know, pretty basic to be in a receiving deep threat. It it, it leaves us very vulnerable up front.
1: Yep yeah for sure um yeah i mean it's just it's a weird game when i look at like the stats you know because I, I watched a little of it i was in la for this so game was on obviously uh and it was just it was just a weird game it just seemed like they i it's rare to see the browns not control the line of scrimmage particularly on defense so um you know i just if that that gets shored up as it should i think there are a lot more w's in the future for baker mayfield than your boys
0: Let's hope so. Uh, for, from one Cleveland heartbreak thing to another, let's go to the Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, so, big weekend, uh, and we got baseball all squared up. So, the Red Sox-Astros are 1-1, are uh, series-tied 1-1. Brewers-Totter series-tied to one Red Sox win tonight, uh, 7-5 over the Astros. Uh, Saturday, 7-2, Astros over the Sox, um, and Dodgers over the Brewers 4-3, and then Friday night, 6-5 uh, over the Dodgers. Um, Brewers-Dodgers has been just, like as you know from those scores, really tight all the way along. Uh, Red sox Astros has been pretty lopsided one way or the other. The uh, I talked about it on uh, Friday's show, my little solo one. David mm-hmm. Price, uh, another shocker, pitch is terrible. The, the fact that the Red Sox are still throwing him out there is absolutely insane. Is there any rhyme or reason to why this guy is still throwing a baseball in a, in a big spot?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is odd. Uh, you know, I'm not a big clutch gene guy, but this, this David Price situation in the playoffs is getting to be a large enough sample where you have to pay attention to it. Tonight, four and two-thirds, four runs, four Ks, four walks, five hits. That's just not going to get it done. I mean, the guy has just been a complete joke artist in the playoffs, and... My guess is if this series goes to you know a game six where he should start, he probably doesn't, or maybe he does. Like the it becomes a bullpen day with him starting or him against the predominantly left-handed hitters. But it didn't matter what hand the Astros hitters were; they were banging the ball on him. So um, you know David David Price is just not getting it done right now, and uh, Boston is fortunate to have won the game that he started because they just went off on Garrett Cole, who had his worst start. In over a year, well over a year. So, um, kudos to the Sox, but I, I still I think that losing that game one the way they did, the fact that Chris Sale um, obviously his velocity was down. It sounds like he was hospitalized with a stomach illness. But you know, if his velocity is down, and that was what everyone was looking at last uh, start or the last few starts, um, you know, it's going to be a real problem for the Sox. And I think that. You know these Astros bats are just bound to get going. Alex Bregman, I don't think has a hit yet. That's going to change, as you saw and you know all too well from that Cleveland series. So um, I think that the Sox are not long for this series, despite the fact that they've earned the split.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I don't think uh, I don't think they have a shot to really compete um, with with that Astros lineup. So uh, the next game for them is Tuesday, Keichel against Avaldi. Any predictions mm-hmm. for that game?
1: Well, that's interesting because Uvalde was absolutely outstanding against the Yankees um, in that series and he was you know I think that the series tilted on his performance so um and you know Dallas Keuchel, I thought looked very hittable against the the tribe last series so um you know that's that is a big swing game, but I expect at home the Astros to arrive and and you know feed off that excellent crowd that they've got in Texas so I'm still sticking with the Astros. I think whoever wins that game, you know, it's it's not a stretch to say we'll win that series. Um, obviously, home field advantage tilts on that game, and uh, you know, when you think about the Astros coming off of that, they'll probably throw—I um, don't know—probably a bullpen day. You might see McCullers. You might see a bunch of the guys the way that they kind of had to do today because of Cole. But um, you know, I—it's it, just tough for me to see the the Red Sox, despite how great their bats have been, uh, rebounding and winning this series. I just don't
0: see it. Yeah. Uh, on the National League side, we'll have two games before you hear us next. Uh, so on Monday, as you're listening to this, you'll get Bueller uh, against uh, your, Shasin. Boy, Shasin. Uh, your favorite Shasin, your favorite. So we have that. And then Tuesday, uh, it's going to be Rich Hill versus somebody. It's probably going to be uh, probably a bullpen day for Milwaukee. Yeah, again, I, so. I mean, it's it's got to be at this point. Uh, so two games. Any predictions for those next couple before you hear us next?
1: Man, I uh, this Bre- this series is just going to be amazing. Um, I uh, you know we talked a lot last week about you know just the vibe around the Brewers. Remember they they they're one one. They seed uh, home field advantage for now. I have a feeling they're going to get it back. So I think they'll probably get them. Um, we'll see if he gets a rookie wall and all. But the way they looked against Clayton Kershaw, and the way that Craig Council is just hitting all the right buttons, the way T- Tito Francona really did in that tribe year, a couple of years in 2016, again, you know, where they end up losing to the Cubs. I feel that same way about this Brewers team. They are just pitching with guile. I mean, they don't even have a Kluber. They've got they've got a Shasina and a Wade Miley, And I think the coolest thing about this series is through two games, no pitcher has gone more than five and a third innings. So, you know, this is like next-level postseason baseball here, and, and you're seeing it. Wade Miley's been the longest, uh, you know, tenured pitcher in, as far as, you know, innings in a game. So it'll be really interesting, but uh, I think the Dodgers will win game three, and then I expect the Brewers to win that bullpen day ga- uh, game game, and, and come back to Milwaukee all square uh, with a best-of-three to take down the pennant.
0: Wow. I love it. I love the bold predictions. Uh, and some good insight on the fact of, all those pitchers just not throwing very many innings. I mean, we saw Kershaw just throw for uh, three okay, right on Saturday. Four, yeah, four, four three, yeah. four. It's uh, yeah, it's been it's been a wild series. I can't wait for more of it. But <laughs> been a wild weekend. About time to get this thing wrapped up. Uh, it's Time for Anshu and I to get some rest, uh, so we can be nice and fresh for you guys for our home day episode. Uh, we'll get to our O oh, by the way and so let you go. I will start uh, and a, a shout out and I promised somebody I would. Do this shout-out. So uh, if, you're, if your name's Danny and I talked to you in the meeting lot and you told me to start David Njoku uh, because the Chargers uh, linebackers had some injury issues before um, anybody even reported it because he played football, allegedly, with uh, the, one of the Chargers linebackers, shout-out to you because I got some pretty good fancy points for David Njoku. Oh, right. oh Not by that the way. you need it. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Uh, thanks for your listening to Random Dudes at a Tailgate to get me fantasy <laughs> points. Entree. There you go. Uh, well, I will be at a tailgate myself
1: tomorrow. I am headed up to Green Bay, Wisconsin to enjoy some Niners-Packers Monday night action before the Packers take off for the bye. So really looking forward to that. I will have some, hopefully, some really hilarious stories from that. I believe we will be on the field for that, thanks to our buddy who is... He has some connections to uh the Niner staff so uh I'll, hopefully I'll have some good some good tales from the tundra here on Tuesday.
0: I can't wait to hear your latest podcast tales from the tundra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow, that would fit the uh the brand for sure. Yeah, new segment coming on hump day tales from the tundra by Anshikana. Uh,
1: <laughs> PG only. Maybe.
0: Yeah, not nah, so much. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we'll hopefully get some not PG stories from Josh's weekend uh, and oh your, boy. and yours as well. Uh, but for Aunt Yukana and the always missed Josh Dunn, I am Dan Bauer. We'll catch you guys on update.